Hello and welcome back to Stop and Go F1 and this our preview to the Qatar Grand Prix Sprint weekend. It feels like I've been it's been a while since we've been here talking to each other. Of course we've had the week off. It's felt like much more than a week, but we have had the week off. Whilst we did have that week off though, there was a video that went up on this channel about the history of F1 driver numbers. So if you want to see that, that's on the channel, make sure you check that one out after this one. But what are we going to go through in this uh, video here? Firstly, we're going to cover all the news that has come out in the past uh, week or two that you need to keep updated on in the world of Formula One. And then, of course, we're going to have a look forward to this weekend. Uh, we haven't got any upgrade corner because we're filming this on a Thursday rather than the Friday. So the upgrade list hasn't come out yet. And also, we have no special helmet street either, which is very upsetting because... Um, no one's released any special helmets at all, which is quite surprising, really. But, yeah, we will move on nonetheless. We'll still be making our predictions at the end of the video, having a general talk about the weekend. But, of course, firstly, the news. And the big news from this week is I've got pictures on the wall now. Look, look at this. Months this wall has been bare, but now there are pictures. Uh, if you're watching this on YouTube rather than on your podcast distributor of choice... We've got pictures. There's uh, Max Verstappen, 10 wins in a row. There's a lot of Tom Price photos there. If you want to know more about Tom Price, the Tom Price uh, Triumph and Tragedy video is available on the channel as well. Lots of videos to watch on the channel once you finish this one. McLaren stuff up there as well. And hopefully more to come on the wall. So stay tuned for more stuff on the wall. There's signs there for Zandvoort and Spa. Great stuff. Anyway, news. Max Verstappen can become a three-time world champion this weekend. This is his first opportunity this year to seal the championship off. And how does he do it? Well, all he has to do is finish in the top six in Saturday's sprint race and outscore Sergio Perez by three points. That is it. That is all he has to do to become the champion this weekend on a Saturday. And it's very, 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 very highly likely that he probably will do it. Um, I mean, Max has been very dominant all year round. This track looks like it's going to be uh, very favourable to the Red Bull. Of course, we haven't seen any practice sessions yet, so we don't truly know their pace, but I imagine they'll be very strong. Uh, <clears throat> it's highly likely that Max will be champion as I come to you on Saturday evening to discuss things. But yes, uh, Max Verstappen once again winning a championship in a very strange way. His first one... Uh, won on the last lap of the last race of the season. His second one won whilst conducting an interview after the race. Third one looks like to be won on a Saturday. But there you go. That is the Max Verstappen way. <clears throat> Next up in the news, we go across to McLaren, who this weekend uh, have turned on their new state-of-the-art wind tunnel. They have been using Toyota's wind tunnel in Germany for the past 13 years. This uh, wind tunnel, their new one, has been in the works for a while, but it is now officially online and will be used to help develop their car for next year. Now, I imagine they've already started developing their car for next year, so it won't be fully realised within that wind tunnel, but from here on out, it will be using that wind tunnel. And quite frankly, this is a huge step up for McLaren. We've seen a lot of news this year about McLaren in terms of who they're hiring and their facilities, but this is a huge step for them. Quite frankly, the fact that uh, they've been... The progress they've made on their car this year from that heap of rubbish in the first race to where they are now... Uh, 
quite solidly the second fastest car on the grid. The fact that they've done that in a decades-old Toyota wind tunnel is absolutely incredible and deserves all the credit in the world. What I really am looking forward to see is what they can do with their own wind tunnel, where it's an up-to-date one. Next year for them will be a huge year, uh, with all these guys coming in off their gardening leave. New wind tunnel. Uh, Oscar Piastri will be properly up to speed. I mean, he's impressive already, but when he's got a year already of F1, we'll see him get even better. Lando Norris, of course, is a fantastic driver. Uh, 2024 McLaren is looking bright as we sit here right now. This is great stuff if you are a McLaren fan. But if you are an Andretti fan, it's even better news because Andretti's bid to join the F1 grid has been approved by the FIA this week. Now, this doesn't necessarily mean they are joining the grid in 2025 because the process will now go to F1 slash FOM for the commercial decisions. But I would say... Andretti are 90% of the way there now because really uh, the FIA have looked at their financial reports and their general proposal of what they're going to do and what they hope to achieve and how they're going to back it and gone yep this is all viable apparently there were seven teams that applied in the end only one having the approval of the FIA that being Andretti uh, but F1 themselves now have to make the decision we discussed it earlier like a few months ago that if F1 went against the decision, they could be risking rule, breaking rules of EU uh, regulations. So they probably don't want to do that. There's also the whole thing of like how F1 is really the commercial side, whereas FIA are controlling the racing. So with the FIA's approval, Andretti could run, and F1 just would have to hide them from the broadcast in every race. So uh, there's been lots of discussion from lots of the team principals, uh, the most vocal being uh, Lawrence Stroll, saying that he doesn't want an 11-team grid because, you know, 10 teams has worked for us for so long, why change it? A.K.A. if there's 11 teams on the grid, all the teams get less money, so none of the teams want it. But I think Andretti are pretty much there now, and I think uh, the large majority of F1 fans would want Andretti on the grid. Personally, I say the more the merrier. If you can bring a, a team and a car to the grid and actually be relatively competitive, why shouldn't you be allowed to join? Bring back pre-qualifying. Let's have loads of teams. So, yes, I'm looking forward to seeing Andretti in 2025 because I think they will 100% be there. Moving across, though, um, well, actually, we're not moving across. We're sticking with Andretti. Because uh, we're going to talk about General Motors. Now, General Motors, if you don't know, they own uh, Cadillac, who are the business partners with Andretti in this F1 bid, Andretti Cadillac Grand Prix. Uh, but General Motors are making budget provisions uh, that are currently being made in order to construct a Formula One engine. Now, the rumours are at the minute that Andretti's initial proposal has them teaming with Renault to supply their engines for their initial F1 year. But come 2026, it looks like the plan may be for General Motors, aka Cadillac, to make their own engines and provide that to Andretti. Uh, GM is serious about the Cadillac campaign. In the future, the only car uh, to... What's this? Sorry, I've, I wrote this. In the week, I'm going to read it out to you now. In the future, only one car is to compete in WEC in order to divert money to the F1 project. The Americans have already recruited F1 known personnel for the management positions in the powertrain department. So uh, General Motors diverting budgets from their World Endurance Championships 
uh, in order to focus on F1 and F1 engines. So once again, Andretti, General Motors, Cadillac, proving that they're taking this F1 bid incredibly seriously. More than, you know, I, even like when Haas joined, I think they didn't show this level of dedication, but F1 wasn't as a hot prospect as it was as it is now. So that's why they maybe had a little less of uh, backlash. But yeah, GM, Cadillac, Andretti taking this all very seriously, and I think we will see them in 2025. <clears throat> and it's interestingly we're talking about WEC because... The next uh, story as well has something to do with that. It's about Aston Martin. They have announced that in 2025 they will be taking part in Le Mans with the Valkyrie. Now you may be asking, what's this got to do with Formula 1? And let me tell you, because I think this is the way that we see Lance Stroll leave Formula 1. Obviously, he hasn't been great this year, and they don't want to just drop him, but I think maybe next year will be Lance Stroll's last Formula 1 year, and then in 2025 they go, Lance is leaving Aston Martin F1 to focus on this Le Mans campaign. He's not being dropped, he's being pushed aside for something even more entertaining and excellent, and we'll see him later. Goodbye, Lance. <coughs> Sorry, I'm choking there. Sorry about that. And now, a couple of news stories from this morning that came out that have excited me. Firstly, F3 champion Gabriel Bortoletto has joined the McLaren Young Drivers Programme, so congratulations to him. It's not the greatest Young Drivers Programme in the world, mostly because McLaren seem to have this thing of hiring really good drivers for their F1 team, then never wanting to let them go, obviously, because they're really good, but then their young drivers can never really get in. Uh, Bortoletto is a fantastic driver, obviously won the F3 championship this year, if you watch my F3 reactions videos uh, this year, you'll know about Bortoletto. I always thought he was very good, but he didn't really excite me that much. Then he won the championship with uh, in on the uh, Friday of the Monza Grand Prix. Then that weekend, he just went, OK, I no longer have to protect my championship. I've already won it. I'm just going to go out there and drive and have fun. And that weekend was some of the best F3 driving I've seen all year. Borsaletto was so much fun to watch. Really talented drive. Absolutely incredible. So if we see more of that side of Borsaletto, I think he'll be fantastic. I just don't think McLaren's young driver's team is the best place to be in order to fully get into that F1 seat. But this does pretty much confirm that Borsaletto will be in F2 next year if that wasn't already confirmed as it was. So... Let's hope we see more from Bortoletto next year in F2. And speaking of F2, we have to go and talk about the man who has entertained me the most in F2 this year, and that's Oli Behrman. Because, it's been announced this morning, he'll be driving for Haas in two free practice sessions this year. Firstly in Mexico and then in Abu Dhabi. Great stuff for Oli Behrman. As I said, he's been absolutely fantastic this year. My favourite driver in F2 this year. Really, really entertaining. He's got a bright future ahead of him, and it'll be fantastic to see him driving an F1 car, I think, for the first time. Really great stuff. And you know what? Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if we saw him in the Haas full-time come 2025. I think he's that good. Uh, so there you go. That is the news for this week. Moving on, we have no upgrade corner and no special helmet street, as I said. So let's just focus on the weekend as it is. And we haven't seen much from anyone, obviously, because it is the Thursday. But there is this photo, which I found quite interesting. So if you're on the YouTube, have a look at your screen now. So this is a photo that's come out. This is obviously Sergio Perez's Red Bull. 
And what we need to draw attention to is this here. These kind of like, it looks like a cheese grater or gills. So this is engine cooling here. Uh, they're obviously expecting very high heat this weekend. They need to make sure that the engine is as cool as possible. So extra cooling moves have been put into the car. Wouldn't be surprised if we saw that on a lot of cars this weekend. Now obviously Qatar is a track that we've only ever been to once in 2021. Uh, but if you cast your mind back to that race, I don't think we saw many uh, engine issues. What we did see was a lot of tyre issues. Because not only is it an incredibly hot track, which obviously takes out a lot on the tyres, but it's a very fast track. And not only is it fast, but the corners are fast. Uh, if you played it on the games or anything like that, you'll see some of the corners you're going full throttle in. There's no braking, you're just pushing it as hard as you can. And that properly takes out the tyres. We saw a lot of punctures last time we were out there in 2021. I think we'll see a lot of punctures again, a lot of uh, tyre degradation. We may even see people pit stopping in the sprint race, which could be very interesting because we've only ever seen that uh, this year when it, we've gone from wet to dry or dry to wet. So will we see a, a dry sprint race with a pit stop? I think we might actually see that. So that's something to look out for. As I said, very, very, very fast track, only about one slow corner. So we'll really favour those uh, cars that thrive in the high speed. One DRS zone, which is the start-finish straight. Basically, it's if a track was ever designed for that Red Bull, it's this. I, I think they're going to dominate this weekend. But cars that maybe struggled in Monza, maybe struggled, you know, high-speed tracks like that, I think will struggle again. So the likes of your Alpine the likes of your Aston Martin, the likes of your Haas, maybe, I think they will struggle again this weekend. Whereas the other teams, I think Ferrari might be strong this weekend. Obviously, when we went to Monza, McLaren hadn't had that big final upgrade yet. So they kind of struggled as well at Monza. But we'll have to see, has that upgrade kind of brought them into that area that Ferrari were at Monza? Could we see them kind of fighting up towards the front as well? It'd be really interesting. So... Prediction time for me, my two predictions for this weekend. My first one, it's an obvious one. My prediction is Max Verstappen to become a three-time world champion on Saturday. And to make up for that prediction being kind of obvious, I've gone for a more difficult one for my second one, and that is that Alexander Albon will beat Fernando Alonso in both the sprint and the feature race. So there you go, there are my two predictions for this weekend very much looking forward to it we'll be back here tomorrow after qualifying so make sure you subscribe to that but of course we'll be here for sprint shootout sprint race and the feature race on sunday driver ratings on monday so much content coming up this weekend and as i said there's already a lot of stuff on the channel to watch anyway so make sure you subscribe to see all of that until next time though until tomorrow have a great friday i'll see you next time goodbye